Well, it's the end of the week, and we know that the end of the week is time to go inside EMS. And with me always is my partner, my good friend, my buddy, Kelly Grayson. KG, how are you doing? I'm good, brother. I uh, um, got got a little bit of stuff done. Got some some fodder for some some new articles and topics for us to discuss. So we're uh, I'm I'm rejuvenated and and ready to hit it again. Awesome. You know, one of the things that I, I think we wanted to talk about is uh, we lost another friend, and and I think Kelly, as you and I get older and become veterans into the EMS field, a lot of the people that we've worked with, a lot of the people that we've uh, called peers. A lot of the people that we respected, uh, interacted with, uh, unfortunately, they're starting to die. And uh, we lost a good friend uh, again this uh, week. And uh, I'll let you kind of uh, give him a little tribute. And then I want to really kind of talk about the impact that this gentleman had on our career field. But more importantly, how do we prepare the next leader for tomorrow as you and I are now becoming the dinosaurs of EMS? And uh, I think that'll be a great discussion. Yeah, I uh, I think it's it's something that's been on my mind lately. And, and for those of you who, who are not aware, uh, we lost an, an, a Texas EMS legend and, and in my mind, a, an EMS legend in, in for the entire profession. Gene Gandy uh, uh, died of, of you know, complications of cancer uh, just this last week. And uh, Gene was a good friend and a mentor over over many years. Uh, um to not just to myself, but to, to many hundreds, if not thousands of, of EMTs and paramedics over the years. Um, this was a guy who had a successful career, uh, plenty of money made as an attorney. He was a, a former U.S. attorney uh, and and uh, and his hometown of Honey Grove, Texas, uh, they he noticed that they they had no ambulance. Uh, and, and no means of, of caring for the ill and injured. And they started a, a volunteer ambulance corps. And, and, and within a couple of years, he'd become a paramedic. And, and his passion uh, and drive for bettering EMS and bettering himself just kind of grew from there. And, and Gene went on to be uh, an, a pretty renowned EMS educator. He was uh, a developer of online content for uh, PERCOM and, and was, was – uh, was um, one of the uh, main instructors for PERCOM's uh, online paramedic program. Uh, still, I think, the first uh, COAMPS accredited uh, virtual school uh, for EMS anywhere in the country. Uh, and, and he was a, a founder of, of many uh, well-respected paramedic programs throughout Texas at Tyler Community College and, and a couple of others. And uh, his loss hurts, man. It, it stings. But got me to thinking uh you know who's who's our next generation who are the gene gandys of the future you know chris we we both reach that age where <laughs> we're starting to see um our friends in obituaries more often than we are in like graduation notices and, <laughs> and that sort of thing and and we're losing uh our our senior um uh knowledge capital and and our 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 leaders Who's the next generation, and are we mentoring them well? And and are we are are we potentially running those leaders, the, those giants of of EMS, future giants of EMS, out of the profession before they even start uh, with with our attitudes? What do you think, man? You know, uh, first off, I, I do want to send my condolences um, 
to um, you know Gene's family, and the uh, Gene uh, having been in Texas for many years working at MedStar, uh, this was a, was a no nonsense guy. You know, this was an articulate guy. He was smart. He was able to uh, educate. Uh, he certainly wasn't one to uh, call you out if you knew, um, um, you know, if you were doing something that he thought um, didn't, you know, uh, meet the standards of the career mm-hmm. field. Um, but he did it in a way that made you feel um, empowered that you can make a difference in your own uh, EMS career. But I think that, you know, you bring up a great point is that we are not creating the leaders of tomorrow. And, and you know, one of the things that I try to do in my uh, career is, is uh, be a mentor. You know, John Maxwell, who's the number one leadership expert in the world, um, you know, he's my friend and mentor. No one's written more leadership content than John Maxwell. And I like to say that between John and I, we've written 83 books, but uh, I've only written I've only written three of them. But um, but one of the things that he says, Kelly, that I think is very profound is, you know, you often hear the expression "it's lonely at the top," and yeah. John will say that if it's lonely at the top, you've done something wrong. And I think that EMS has a a, a culture that we are not helping the people who are coming behind us. I mean, who helped you attain the greatness that you've attained in EMS? You're a, you're a consummate educator. You're a sought-after speaker. Um, you know, you're, you're a, a great columnist, an award-winning columnist. And, but I'll, I'm going to get you, I'm going to guess that there are not many people that grabbed you by the hand and say, follow me, this is how you do it. And I think that, you know, I'm the same way as, as there were a few people along the way that gave me a step or they opened the door, but I had to stay in the room. But mm-hmm. now when we start to think about who are the next leaders of tomorrow, I mean, now as you and I are getting older, one day you're going to read my obituary and, and hopefully you do it with uh, a little bit of humor. I don't want to be mourned. I want to be celebrated. But one of these days, you know, the, the people that we're the most closest to are going to depart our career field. They're going to depart mm-hmm. this world. But I think that there's just so much egotism on the side of letting people into where we are that they might take our place, that we're missing the train. Because I think that we have to be able to train ourselves out of a position. And I want to talk a little bit about succession planning and how to do it. Yeah. Nancy has a, a saying she's fond of, and, and I think she probably got this from Peter Grucker or, or one of her management gurus. It's a rising tide lifts all boats. Uh, and and that's something that, that my girlfriend and business partner is, is better at than I am or, or more cognizant of than I am. Um, I often lose sight of the fact of, of what influence I have on, on the industry. Um, and, and probably am guilty of not using it responsibly on occasion. Um, but, you know, I didn't get to the position I'm at currently without uh, some mentorship uh, and with an occasional boot in the rear end uh, from people like Gene Gandy, uh, Brian Bledsoe. Um, uh, in, in recent years, uh, Dan Limmer and John Politis have been, have been pretty strong influences on, on how I conduct myself uh, and, and influences on me being more positive in my interactions with people online uh, and, and getting away from the toxic uh, um, uh, social media uh, pit that I was, I was falling into. 
Um, and I just, we, we don't have enough of those guys out there now poking and prodding and, and gently steering us along the right path uh, and, and, and convincing us to, to uh, uh, take, take our younger members under our wing and, and, and guide them on the path to the future. I wrote a column uh, a few years back uh, about uh, um, having our, our secret agent uh, or our double agent in the enemy camp. And it was about uh, mentoring those people that you don't necessarily think are going to be a good fit for EMS. Is that, that quiet, geeky kid uh, in your squad or that kid who, who his, his uh, skills may have not been up to par, but he was, he was passionate and he was intelligent. Um, and those are the kind of people that that uh, don't stay in EMS, but can still have a profound influence on EMS because we don't hold the reins of our profession. That's not uh, that's not uh, something desirable. We we should control the future of our profession. But honestly, policy leaders, uh, economists, uh, consultants, and think tank experts are, are going to be the people that that influence policymakers' decisions about EMS in the future. And what we need are people that know what it's like to be vomited on, uh, people that have been in EMS uh, and, and have done what we do. And even though they've left our career field, uh, still hold a special place in our heart for EMS. And are we creating those people or are we running them out of profession to whatever they'll do for the rest of their lives with a bad taste in their mouths? That's something I've been increasingly cognizant of in recent years is, is to avoid that and make sure that those people, that even after they leave EMS, uh, hopefully EMS doesn't leave them. And okay. we, we're failing at, at training that next generation of leaders. Right. Uh, well, so. not, just, not just leaders, but also educators. You know, one of the things that... Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, one of the things that we need to think about, too, is, you know, who, who's our successors for the Inside EMS podcast? So are we going to do this show? We're going to be at six years. We're going to be at th uh, 300 episodes. Uh, are we going to do this show forever, Kelly? Or does Inside EMS die when one of us decides to walk away? And we really need to start thinking about the end game and then who's going to be the people who are going to come behind us to continue this process. I, but, thought, I thought we had it like the, the rule of two for the Sith, you know, the master and the apprentice. Uh, there can be only two. Um, so, well, maybe, um, but there's there's that, more. That, but that's the whole. But that's I mean, it's funny, but that's the whole purpose of this is that who becomes the next master, who becomes the next yeah. apprentice. But I just want to touch. I'll, I'll find an apprentice and then when it, when he's trained up well enough, uh, I'll murder you in your sleep and um, and we'll be only two again. So well, that'll be uh, nice. That'll be good. Then you can read my obituary uh, and because uh, you, you caused it. But, you know, good. the hate flows through you. That's right. But, um, you know, so when we think about this, you know, we always try to figure out ways that we can mentor. And, you know, when we go to the conferences, sometimes, you know, you'll see that if you're going to be a speaker there, they'll ask you, are you willing to mentor somebody who's coming up behind you and, and train the next generation? And I think that we need to be able to offer that. You know, one of the things that, you know, maybe we can do as, as, as a show is if there's somebody out there and you're interested in learning how to speak on the national circuit, um, you know, get in touch with Kelly and I. And let's see if we can mentor you on the show and, and get you ready for that or even to develop a podcast or something like that. But uh, maybe we can talk about that in the future. But I, I do want to touch on how to succeed, how to create a succession plan for the people who want to achieve excellence. I mean, there is no better feeling in the world, Kelly, that when uh, you help somebody grow and you watch them command the stage at some point, 
um, that you had some hand in doing that. You know, there are people in the United States that I've had the opportunity to work with that when we first got together, they were paramedics sitting in the truck. And when we talk about their goals, they say, I want to be a speaker. I want to be a leader. I want to be. And now you read their names as peers. And when you, it, it makes your heart cry. It's like watching your kids play sports, you know? I mean, it, it's something that really makes you feel good that you've had a hand in developing people. So if there's people that are out there that see you as a role model, that see you as a mentor, you really have to be able to, to reach out to them and say, let me help you achieve this greatness. Let me help you continue to grow my career field. You and I have talked about many times that our job is to leave EMS better than we found it. And I think that we're doing that. But who's going to make it better once we're gone? So first thing that you need to do to create a successful succession plan for someone is you need to be proactive in that succession plan. And what I mean by that is you have to be able to find and prepare those promising candidates for a leadership role or to become an education uh, icon, right? So what does that mean is that sometimes you need to be able to see the greatness in people before they're able to see it in themselves. And Kelly, you and I know that we've, we've talked to people, we've stared in their eyes, and we know that they're going to be somebody who's going to make an impact even before they know it. And finding those people and cultivating those people and polishing those people and helping them gain the confidence they need to be successful that's really the hard part. But it's not based on egotism. Those people that have the ego, you're not going to help because you can't teach them anything. But there are people out there that have that, have that eye of the tiger, let's say. And those are the people that we want to be able to help get to the next level. Yeah, and, and, and often those people come from the strangest of places. And, and, or or the people that sur surprised us that we didn't really, uh, didn't really spot that potential in until we looked a little closer. Uh, I've got a student, a former student now who's in paramedic school, who is just rocking it employee of the year at her ambulance service. Uh, I, I knew she was going to be a rock star from the very beginning. Um, if she just got a little, came out of her shell a little bit and was, uh, and, and got over her shyness and, and she did. And, and she's, she's going to rock it probably be a, uh, better than I ever was. Um, and by the same token, I've got a student in the current class who I made cry yesterday, dude. And and I feel about an inch You're a bully. tall. You're a bully. You're a bully. I don't mean to be. Uh, and you're I'm intimidating. You're you're intimidating, Kelly Grayson. That is that is true. Uh, I'm a demanding instructor, but uh, and and I don't often. And Nancy's always reminding me of this, uh, how much I intimidate some students. And, and I don't mean to do that. I think, you know, I think, Hey, I'm a, I'm a big fuzzy teddy bear. I don't, I don't intimidate people, but, but I've gotten that all of my career. So it's, uh, it's not my perception of myself, but God knows, uh, plenty of other people have that perception of me. So, uh, there has to be something to it. And I was putting this student through a scenario and she was just making, making mistake after mistake. And I stopped her and, and I was probably less, um, tactful than I could have been otherwise and made her cry and she just gave up and uh, I had to make her come back into the room and kneel down next to me I was being the patient and uh, held her hand gave her a pep talk and and, and um, figured out what I was doing wrong uh, and help her get through that 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 little moment uh, and and I told her I said you know 
she, she, she cried. She said, I just can't do it. I can't do this. I keep messing up. And I, and I said, you know, what the problem is, is all you see is the elephant. Uh, you need to focus on your plate. And she'd never heard that. She'd never heard that, that aphorism before. Uh, you don't know how to eat an elephant. And, and uh, I told her one bite at a time, focus on the next task at hand and then think of what the next task is. And pretty soon the elephant is gone. And she dried up her tears and she, she went on and she rocked the next scenario. And I roll my eyes at her sometimes in class because she, she will, she has a tendency to answer before she's thought about what the question really asks. And, and as a result, her, her first instinct is, is sometimes wrong. Um, and I, I keep telling her to slow down, but you know, there's something I, that I, I, miss that that I should have seen from the very beginning. She's compassionate, she's intelligent, and she's passionate about what we're teaching her. Right. She wants to be the best dead gum EMT <laughs> in the world. And I don't know why um, some, uh, some people think that that's a, a character flaw, that someone who's, who's uh, a little tenderhearted uh, doesn't belong at EMS. Um, and I've said it myself that we need to train uh, hand holders to be to function under pressure rather than try to teach adrenaline junkies to be hand holders but she's a perfect example of that but i think that uh, i think that goes to a good point though of my next point of succession planning is that we need to keep an open mind about people as well yeah so sometimes yeah, just because we see the greatness in people and they don't see the greatness in themselves when they start to come out of their shell and they start to show a little bit about their personality and they start to share a little bit of their beliefs we now start to say, oh my gosh, I think I made a mistake here. Maybe this wasn't the person that I thought that they were. But we still have to be able to keep an open mind, like you said. Um, you know, and that was a great transition to that because we need to know that those successors that we're going to help uh, become protégés uh, and help them get to the next level, that they may have different beliefs than we do. That doesn't mean that they're wrong. And any time that you mentor somebody... We don't want them to become Kelly Grayson's. We don't want them to become Chris Caballeros. And I've got a great story about that, that when I was an FTO, I worked with somebody who had problems passing their, um, their training process. And mm -hmm. to get their own ambulance, you had to go through this very rigorous training process. And basically, long story short... I didn't turn them into their own paramedic. I turned them into another Chris Sabalero, and that was an injustice to that person. So when we start to think about it from the standpoint of keeping an open mind, we need to be able to make certain that as we share our information with people, they don't copy it, but they ingest it, they reflect on it, they polish it, and they grow that piece of wisdom. And when they do that, and it goes against the grain of some of the things that we've done in our career, mm -hmm. hopefully the wisdom that we're giving somebody makes them a little bit better, makes them a little bit smarter. Another step in the succession plan is to make the vision of what you're trying to do with them known, whether it's leadership, whether it's education, what's the vision? What's the end result? You know, you and I have talked about vision before on the show, Kelly, and we are wired to think in pictures. You know, when I say think of a car, you don't see the letter C-A-R, you actually picture a car. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you need to do is there needs to be a vision of this succession planning. Okay, Kelly, I got to tell you, we're going to work together. I'm going to help you polish your, you know, presentation. We're going to do some dry runs. And your end result here is that you're going to stand on the stage 
at EMS World or, e or GEMS or whatever those big conferences are, your big state conferences, and you're going to deliver a presentation to your peers. That's what the end result is. How bad do you want it? How bad do you taste it? You know, if you say you want to be a national leader, this is how you're going to do it. Are you ready? This is the vision. And I think that that's an important component. Yeah, yeah, and it is. And and you mentioned turning your, your protege into another Chris Savalero, which was a disservice to him. I, I admonish uh, new EMS instructors against the same thing, and, and I call it instructor cloning. I said, you know, that when we go teach a class, we teach a class, uh, we become instructors uh, uh, because we have a firm belief that we have knowledge to pass on to other people. And, and it's only natural that we think that our way of doing things, our way of practicing, our way of teaching is better than anyone else's or else we wouldn't be out there doing it. So so we have a tendency to, to pass on our practices and, and techniques uh, and, and our thought processes and, and, and our biases as well uh, to the next generation of, of uh, instructors. And, and I've been guilty of that uh, in spades with Nancy. Uh, we, we've clashed a little bit in, in teaching this current EMT 360 program because I'm still operating from the paradigm of, of I'm the senior instructor and I know more than you and I've been more experienced than you. Uh, and I failed to to um, recognize that that a fresh set of eyes uh, is not a bad thing. And, and you know, she'll she'll throw up her hands and go, this is not what I want you to, to be teaching. And this is not the way I want you to approach this. And I go, well, well, of what use is all my years of experience if you don't utilize them? Ultimately, I'm, I catch myself and I find out that I'm, I'm trying to clone myself and, and Nancy McGee is not Kelly Grayson. She's going to be a great teacher, uh, but she's going to do it a different way. Uh, and that maybe if I open my mind up a little bit, I can learn something new from her. And, and that's what we, we want to do with our next generation of EMS leaders is um, that's how we spot them. Uh, the people with potential that teach that old dog some new tricks. Uh, and a generation down the line, uh, there will be a new uh, there will be a, a new person they're mentoring who's teaching them new tricks. And I think that one of the things that you want to think about here is, you know, as we start to move forward and as we start to think about who these people are that we're trying to, you know, help them get. I mean, give them regular feedback, give them, you know, the opportunity to teach them something. You know, when it comes to creating instructors. One of the things that I try to do is, is I have little classes that I teach, presentation skills, you know, how to, yeah. uh, you know, how to get over stage fright, you know, how to transition from topic to topic or question, you know, there, there are six questioning techniques that you need to use, you know, when you're engaging with an audience and how do you, how do you get them into the process of, you know, learning the, or asking questions or, you know, getting them involved and engaging them into the uh, into the conversation or when it comes to leadership development, you know, I give them a scenario or I have somebody call and, 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 you know, give them a complaint and they've got to work their way. So it's not just the, it's not just giving them the reflection. It's not just giving them the information, but it's more about teaching them things as well. So when you're a role model, when you're a mentor, you need to be able to make certain that you're not only sharing them and giving them some polishing, you're giving them those pearls of wisdom, but you're also teaching them those things that make things successful. But Kelly, uh, that's my final thought. 
And it's a good final thought, Chris, and I don't really have much to add to it other than to say that we, we need to be actively looking for our next generation of leaders uh, and have an open mind, but it, because it may not be that clinical rock star uh, that you think is going to, to set the world on fire. It may be the shy, geeky kid who, who harbors a passion for EMS. Nonetheless, um, that kid is going to be the next giant of our profession one day if he's mentored in the right way question is, are, are we doing the mentoring that we need to do? Food for thought, and we'd like to hear your thoughts and how you're mentoring the next generation of, of future EMS leaders. Email us at the show at ems1.com. Myself and co-host Chris Savalero, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We're going to catch you guys next week.